Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Samuel chapter number 21 and I'll begin reading around verse 15 praise God it's good to see Miss Carol here tonight we appreciate her being here with us in the house of the Lord and other guests that are here we're grateful Sister Jackson and her family we appreciate them being with us this evening praise God it's good to see uh Brother Johnny and and uh, Brother Phillip's aunt with us tonight. God bless her. Appreciate her. Second Samuel chapter number twenty-one and verse fifteen. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. And this is a term that you are a phrase that you hear a lot of times in the Scripture. The Philistines came up again, or there was war again. This is one of those enemies that they continually had to fight, but each time that they did, God gave them the victory over their their enemy, the Philistines, telling us that there are certain things we may have to continually fight in our journey living for God. The flesh, we're going to have to continue to fight. Can somebody say praise the Lord? All the way through the pearly gates, you're going to have to fight it. But thankfully that if you go to the battlefield and if you'll fight in the name of the Lord, he'll give you the victory. Can you say praise the Lord to that? And David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines, and David waxed faint. And Ishbianab, how many has ever thought you might name your child Ishbianab, which was of the sons of the giant? the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, and being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt not go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. And then, just for the sake of time, we find that they are confronted with another giant. And then in verse 19, a giant, Elahan, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Verse 20, a no-name giant, And uh, the scripture says he was great in stature and every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number. And he also was born to the giant. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shammah, the brother of David, slew him. And those four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of of David by the hand and by the hand of his servants. So we're noticing something here. Not only is David a giant killer, but he's raised up some men, some younger men that are giant killers. And I, I want to preach what I feel on my heart tonight. I want to talk about the next generation of giant killers. The next generation of giant killers. Praise the Lord. Would you lift up your hands and your voice again with me and let's pray for the touch of the Holy Ghost, for the power of God in this room here tonight. Jesus, we need you to continue to anoint, to bless, to minister, to move in this house. Pray that you would touch every heart in this place. I'm praying, God, for a breakthrough of your spirit, an unction and anointing to accompany this service. In Jesus' mighty name. We're so thankful for you and your presence, your touch that we have felt. And I pray that you'd continue to move 
in Jesus' name. And would you clap your hands to him? Give him praise. Praise God. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated if you're going to help the preacher. Hallelujah. Some of you, some of you won't have to stand you up. Praise God. Ever been stood up in church? Oh, yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, it's no fun. It's almost like when you read this passage that I read to you tonight, it's, it's like there's almost two Davids in Scripture. The David we're most familiar with, the young David, the one that slays lions, the one that took on a bear when it came against his father's flock, and he protected the lamb and defeated the bear. And then, of course, the David that was summoned to take uh, some supplies down to his brothers that were on the battlefield or supposed to be on the battlefield. Really wasn't much of a battlefield or a battle going on. When David arrived, all of the men of Israel were holed up in their tents. And then you could hear the challenge, the booming voice of the giant Goliath coming from the valley, challenging any to come and to fight against him. And whoever would slay the giant, then Israel would be servants of the Philistines or the Philistines would be servants of the Israelites if they were able to slay the giant. And likewise, if this giant would slay the champion of Israel, then uh, they would be their servants. And so this is the David that we're most familiar with. This is the one that we had stole in Scripture the man of courage, the man that was able to go forth against the enemies of God. You never find a place, and it's interesting to me, when you read from the very beginning to the very end, any time there was a challenge that came to David, uh, when there was an enemy that confronted him, I don't find any place where he ever shrank back. I don't find any place where he ever melted away. I don't find any occasion where he ever surrendered or backed up and just let the enemy have its way. But David was always willing to go out on the battlefield. David was always willing to step up to the challenge. David was always willing to obey the call of God and confront whatever enemy would come against God's people. But then... This text talks really about a different David, a David that has not lost his courage, a David that has not lost his zeal or his passion for God, and I think that's a testimony in itself that somebody could live for God and serve the Lord many years and still just be as fervent as they've ever been at the end of the race as they were at the beginning of the race. I think it's important that we, as children of God, keep our zeal, our fervency, our tenaciousness, our courage, our boldness for God, and not let the years wear us down, not allow the enemy to, to some way cause us to wane away from that, but always be fervent for the Lord. Always maintain our desire for God. And that takes effort to do that. That doesn't just happen because the natural, the natural way of things is for that to dis, 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 decrease over time and wane away over time and that passion uh, to kind of ebb uh, over time. But we have to make up our mind, I'm going to stay red hot for God. I'm going to serve the Lord with the fullness of my heart. I'm not going to let time and years that I put into this cause me to get lazy, to lose my passion. I'm going to always be a prayer warrior. I, I may not be able to run and jump as high as I used to, but I'm going to do whatever I can for God. I, I'm still going to be there. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to continue on. I'm going to live for the Lord with all that's in my heart. And this was David. David, he didn't lose his, his passion. He didn't lose his drive and his zeal. But the Bible indicates here that he did grow weary, that he did become faint, that there was a time here on the battlefield that he ran out of physical strength. 
he simply couldn't do physically what he used to do. And there's a lot of us here that can identify with that. There's a reason why these athletes, they retire at a young, or what I consider a fairly young age. I mean, to be an athlete, I guess 40 is an old man. But uh, to the majority of us, at least I hope 40 is not, I hope that's not an old man. But uh, for the majority of us, 40 is uh, really kind of just getting started in some ways in life. And you young people don't think so, but you will when you get here. Praise the Lord. Because, uh, uh, you know, there's just certain physical things that you're not able to do when you cross certain thresholds and get to a certain place in life. And, and uh, things that used to come natural and used to be easy. I know, Brother Jonathan, you, you, you can jump high and I know you can run fast and you can stop on a dime and give nine cents change. But one of these days, brother, I'm just telling you, you're going to get arthritic and you're going to lose your step and uh, Pastor Calhoun's going to get even with you on the basketball court. If you believe that, I got a few more tales for you. If I could just get that wingspan, I believe I could have a chance. Oh, yeah. I'm just telling you there's things over time that you can't do that you used to be able to do. And so this little story that I've read to you from in the Scripture reveals two things, really. First of all, it reveals a very important factor, a very important principle, and that is that one person cannot do it all cannot do it all. As great and as heroic and as anointed and as powerful as David was, there came a point when he needed help. There came a point when he needed his followers' support. There came a point when he needed his servants to kick in. There came a point when he needed somebody else to utilize their strength and come on board with him and buy into his vision and and get involved in what he was doing. I want to tell you there's not a pastor alive that's anointed enough and powerful enough to have revival all by himself. Amen. He needs a church to get in the battle with him. He needs somebody to, to stand up with passion and drive and desire and say, Amen, if that's the, that's the vision that God has given our pastor, then we're going to follow it. Uh, we're going to get involved with it. Uh, we're going to do it also. We're going to pray alongside him. We're going to worship alongside him. Uh, amen, we're going to stay inspired. Uh, we're going to stay fervent. Uh, we're going to stay enthusiastic because we realize uh, that one person cannot do it by themselves. An evangelist that comes and preaches revival in a church. He alone cannot produce revival in that church. But somebody has to buy into what God is placing on his heart and the burden that God has put in him. And and somebody has to to say, I believe and get a hold of the spirit of, of what God is saying through that messenger and that preacher and that evangelist. Amen. I've seen some very powerful evangelists, anointed evangelists, consecrated evangelists, but they can't do it by themselves. Sometimes we expect them to turn our crank. We expect them to do all the work. But we need some folks that realize the principle here that one man can't do it by himself everybody needs help sooner or later everybody needs support sooner or later matter of fact as I look around this room I see some very powerful saints of God some faithful saints of God some fervent saints of God some saints of God that's lived through some tests you've made it through some some hardships and you you've come out of some difficult situations and the Lord has gave you a tremendous testimony and you've lived for God many years but you're here tonight to, not because you're able to pull your own self up by your bootstraps, but you're here because you've had some support at times. Amen. You've had others that have prayed for you. You've had others that have wrapped their arm around you and encouraged you. You've had others that checked on you when you was down. You had somebody that was around to support you and to help you and encourage you and tell you that you can make it. And I thank God for those encouragers. I thank God for those folks that that he places in our life to lift us up and to pull us up and to tell us that we can make it. Hey, we got enough negativism in this world. We got enough 
up people that's pointing accusing fingers telling us that we can't make it. We can't do it. We got a devil that we got to face every day that's trying to tell folks uh, that they can't live for God and they can't go to heaven. I've come to tell you he's a liar. And everybody that tells you you can't make it uh, are being used of the devil to tell you that. You can't make it. Uh, you can't be victorious. Uh, you can't have revival. You can't be blessed. Uh, you can't be anointed of the Lord. One person can't do it by themselves. I know there's times, especially when we're on that spiritual high and things is going good for us, we feel like, hey, I can take on hell with a water pistol right now. There isn't much that the devil could do to defeat me at this point. There's not much that the enemy's got in his arsenal that could even compete with how I feel right now. And I thank God for those high times. I thank God for those times when we feel the glory and the power of God surging through us. But there will be a time, my brothers and sisters, when you need the support. That's why it's important that you get connected to an apostolic church. That's why it's important that you seek you out some folks that are in your fellowship circle that can support you and pray for you and be there for you. People that you can lean on and they'll prop you up sometimes when you feel down. Oh, God places those kind of folks in our life. And to be that type of person, we need to be the type of person that can be an encouragement to someone, that can lift somebody up, that can't be leaned upon to be trustworthy. Hello? Yeah. Praise God. When somebody gives you a prayer request, you don't take it as an opportunity to gossip about them and tell about their weakness. But when they share the vulnerabilities of their heart, you can keep it between you, them, and God and say, I'm going to support them and help them. Amen. I'm going to be somebody that they can lean on, somebody that's trustworthy. Oh, hallelujah. We need to be encouragers of mankind around us and saints of God around us. When people get in our presence they need to feel better when they leave. When they leave from talking with you and being around you, they need to walk out feeling like I can make it. They need to be elevated in their faith. Their spirit needs to be lifted. Come on, I'm talking about real, true, Holy Ghost, saints of God, amen, that are always looking for an opportunity to minister to somebody and to help somebody and to support someone. Praise God. One man can't do it by himself. One woman can't do it by themselves. And then it underscores the importance here in this particular story. It underscores the importance of the generational passing of God's power. Here, David, just because of nature itself taking its course, is growing old. He's not the man on the battlefield that he once was. He doesn't have the strength that he used to have. He's not able to go out and fight the same length of time with the same vigor that he used to. Oh, the desire is still there. Uh, the want to is still there, but uh, nevertheless, time has taken its toll on his physical body. And here he has to make a decision. And it's not just his decision, but it also has to be the decision of the generation that is following him. And that is he passes the baton of his anointing to slay giants and to bring victory and to wrought great things for the people of God. He, he passes this baton on to those, that next generation that is following him. Can I tell you there's some things, if the apostolic church is to be what it needs to be in this end time, it cannot be left up to a few people that are connected uh, to generations gone by that really have consecrations and know how to pray and know how to touch God and know how to travail. 
I've often wondered as we see people grow old and we lose them over time, they pass away. I often wonder what's the state of the church going to be like when we lose that old prayer warrior, when we lose that person that really knows how to tap into the spirit, that knows how to travail and get a get a hold of God. I'm talking about getting the spirit of prayer. I'm not just talking about uh, the little uh, one, two, three program of prayer. I'm, I'm talking about somebody that really knows how to touch God and knows how to hear from God. What's the state of the church going to be? Well, I can tell you what the answer is and what the solution is and what we need in this hour is for the younger generation to get a hold of that. The younger generation to realize, hey, I want to keep this alive. I want this revival to go forward. I want this church to be stronger than ever. I don't want to see it miss one beat. I don't want to ever get to the point that it's weaker instead of better. I believe as time goes on, we ought to be able to stand on the shoulders of the previous generation and see further and do more for God. Hey, that is the plan of God, that we go forward in Him and we do more for Him, that we not be a more carnal church. Amen. As time passes, that we not be a more worldly church as time passes, or be a weaker church spiritually as time passes. But if there ever was devils cast out, we need to be able to cast them out in the 21st century. If there ever was healing in the church, there needs to be divine healing in the house of God. If there ever was a yoke-destroying anointing when you came to church, you ought to be able to find it when you step through these doors. I'm not talking about something 10, 20, 15 years ago. I'm talking about right now there ought to be an anointing that surges through this place that has the power to cut the chains off the city that has the power to work and minister in the lives of people. Praise God, praise God, praise God. The same desire for revival, the same passion for souls, the same, you get this now, the same hunger and intensity. Oh, that's what I see missing a lot of times is the intensity the intensity that used to be felt and experienced. Somebody said, why is it so necessary you folks lift your voice and why is it so necessary that you do all the things that you do? It's because we're intense about this. This is more than just a game to us. We're trying to get something through to the hearts of people. Praise the Lord. We need the the atmosphere. I don't know what better way to say it, but But just say it this way, to be so charged with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it's almost like electricity in this place. That's what changes people. When they step in here and they say, you know what, I don't understand everything, but I can't deny I felt something. Amen. I can't deny there's something different about that. I experienced something. Oh, we're not here just to entertain them. They can go anywhere and find a better production, but they need to find the power of the Holy Ghost when they come in this room. Oh, it's important when we lay hands on the sick that they don't just walk out the same way they came, but they recover. It's important that when we pray prayers, the devil has to perk up and take notice. Hey, they, 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 they've been touching God. They, they got a hold of something outside of themselves. They got an anointing upon their life. I preach it to somebody here. It's time to have an old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost. It's time to see the power of God work in this house like we never have before. We need a next generation to stand up and say a daddy can pray prayers and see God answer. I can pray prayers and see God answer. If God would honor his faith, God will honor my faith. If my mama can feel the presence of God and have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I can have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If they can be prayer warriors, I can be a prayer warrior. Come on, God is the same. What God God is the same. God is still able. Is a some person in this house that said, I don't want it to die. I don't want it to miss a beat. I want it to get stronger and better and stronger and better as every day passes. 
Oh, let's lift up our voice to him. Let's give praise to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need young people, young married couples. We need people that got strength. Amen. The Bible tells me that the yoke is for the youth. What does that mean? That means the young can bear. This. They got the strength. They got, they got the vim and the vinegar, like we like to say. They got the energy. They got the ability. Amen. It needs to be channeled. It needs to be directed in the right way. Hey, there's people. You can't tell me young people ain't using their energy. All these protests going on. All this crazy stuff that's happening in our world. My God, you see all these pictures of sports arenas filled at capacity. Those folks are using their energy all over the world. Soccer matches and all kinds of things. People seem like they can't build them stadiums big enough. Oh, no. You can't tell me that people are not using their energy. It's just where they challenge or channel rather their energy. What, what really challenges them within? What is it that turns them on? What do they get excited about? Come on, if anything cranks your motor, it ought to be the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If anything gets you excited, it ought to be the things of God. It ought to be the Word of God and the moving of His Spirit. Amen. People that are not excited about it, I'm convinced they've never really been touched by it. They never really experienced it on the level that they should because if you ever get this experience, once you ever get what I'm preaching about tonight, you'll never be satisfied with what this world has to offer. Oh, yeah. Drugs and drink and all of that stuff is really cheap substitutes to what the Lord has for us and what God can give us in this place. That's right. Hallelujah. We need worshipers. We need worshipers. And I know I'm preaching this to a younger generation a little bit here tonight, and that is the focal point. But I want to preach to some of you who've been around a little while. It seemed like you've lost a little bit of your drive and passion for worship. You could say, well, this, that, and the other, but at least you could prop an arm up on a pew every once in a while, and at least you could clear your throat and say amen every once in a while. Amen. At least you could come to church and act like you're halfway excited about being here in the presence of God. There's no excuse for just being a spectator. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Because there's one thing I defy. There's one thing that I will not tolerate. And that is dead, lifeless, passionless church. Amen. I don't want a dead church. I don't want a lifeless church. Amen. I want God to be able to move and to have his way in our midst. is still having to believe that God deserves our best. He deserves our all. He deserves the best that we have when we come to the house of God. That's right. Amen. We need people that love this truth, that are passionate about it. David got to this battlefield and he needed some help. The Bible said that he got faint. He was facing giants. And it seems to me by the bearing out of this scripture that these giants were perhaps a little different than anything that he had faced before. And it was the next generation that said, David, you've done your due. You've done what you were supposed to do. You served your generation well. You've been faithful. And it's our time to step up. We're not going to let what you taught us and the example that you led before us be in vain. But if there's still a giant threat, we'll meet the challenge. We'll stand up to it. And the Bible says that there was this giant Ishbianab. And when it describes Ishbianab, it said he had some very big weapons indicating that he must have been a pretty good-sized man to be able to carry these weapons. But there's something that I noticed in this verse 16, it says that he had a new sword. Everybody say new sword. Now, I realize in one sense that, that Satan doesn't really have any new or more powerful spirits that he's using to contest uh, 
the church. But maybe, maybe there's some new mediums that he's using and new tactics and ways that he's using those old spirits. I mean, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and, and those things, are, they're always going to be there. And, and you can just about narrow everything down and characterize them under those headings. And uh, we understand that uh, about everything falls in those columns. But let's, let's realize tonight the devil is using every method. The Bible does say that he comes down with great wrath. Great wrath because he knows he has but a short time. The fury of hell has been unleashed because it knows its time is limited. That's right. And so we're seeing some, some new swords that are being used. And many times a fella gets up like me and he, he doesn't even know how to identify with new swords. He doesn't even know what new swords are until new swords are being used for a while. He doesn't even, he doesn't even recognize them uh, automatically. I mean, things that young people are aware of and, and uh, knowledgeable of, uh, I, you know, I'll just be honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't work in those rams, and I, I, I don't know that lingo, and there's some things that I'm not aware of when it comes to all of that. I mean, I, I'm used to fighting old swords, if I could put it that way. I mean, back in my day, it was, uh, it was uh, Game Boy. Anybody remember that? And, and I remember when every little convenience store got him a Miss Pac-Man. The preacher thought, oh, my Lord, they're never going to make prayer meeting now. Then every night after church, man, we had to get down there. There was, there was, uh, I mean, there really was only about two or three uh, different games that you could even play, and that they had devised, and and uh, one of them was was Miss Pac-Man, and and uh, people would play it by the hour, and uh, figure it out, and play one another, and and play doubles, and all that kind of stuff, and and then they moved up, and they got a little bit more, and then and then. Uh, uh, different things come along, and, and I remember when when a preacher get up and preach about Hollywood and things like that. That pretty much covered it all. But we're not living in that day anymore. I said we're not living in that day anymore. We got Pokemon. I thought we'd buried that a little while back. But evidently the devil's tried to resurrect it. I, I see him. We drove downtown the other night, my wife and I, and. And uh, we was just driving. I said, man, what's all these people walking around down here with their phones out for? Yeah, somebody knows about Pokemon right here today. And uh, Pokemon. I, somebody told me that the church right here is some kind of Pokemon visited place where you come take take a picture. Don't shake your head too much because you might give away that you was the one that did that. And if I find out, I'm not going to be too happy with you because I would rather it not be any of us that are involved in those kind of things. Do you happen to know that the founder of Pokemon is into witchcraft? Do you happen to realize the detriment of these kind of things? That people get all enticed by the stupidity and the time-consuming and the little return that you get from fooling around with all of that stuff, that garbage that the devil does to distract you and to keep you away from prayer keep you away from the house of God keep you away from God's word I'm going to tell you we need to run Pokemon out of here tonight but not let me get my foot on that little dude Amen. I said, I'm going to run him and stomp him out of this place because that has no business in the house of God and a child of God's life And I see some of you already sucked up a little bit, but that's good because I'm just getting started. Amen. I'm going to tell you all this junk that you get connected with online and all these foolish games that you're, you need to get you a job. You need to get busy doing something productive. That is foolishness that you're involved in. It is stealing your mind. And you guys get on these gaming centers, there's no telling who you're connected with and what they're doing to try to lure you into the spirits they're involved in. It's from hell, brother. I said it's from hell and you need to realize the source of all of that trash. 
Come on, and you parents need to wake up. I said you parents better wake up or you're going to lose your children to the world. I'm just telling you that stuff is garbage. And I don't even know all the names. I don't even want to know all the names. I just know enough to know that there's something that raises up in my spirit when I hear about some of this garbage and trash that goes on. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And these gaming centers, who needs a TV anymore? You can do everything you want to do on a gaming center. Yeah, it got quiet now, hadn't it? Praise God. I'm just telling you, you need the Holy Ghost. I said you need the Holy Ghost. Because truth be known, you got enough, you got enough in your pocket to take you to hell. I said you got enough in your front pocket to get you messed up for life. You better be careful what you look at and what you visit, what you involve yourself and what you're connected to online because it'll get you involved in a deviant spirit that'll lead you down a path of destruction. That's right. Praise God. You know, young men didn't just start getting curious yesterday. You forget, I may be 43 years old, but I, I've been a young man before. And I talked to these young guys, and I said, you know what? That's a good deal, but, you know, we all got flesh, fellas. You forgot? Pinch yourself. We all got flesh. And we have to make provisions and protect ourselves against our flesh. That's right. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you this one little wrong move with that. And you get lured into something. Then you know where it is and you keep going back to it in a weak moment. And you keep going back to it. And it gets a little deeper and it gets a little further. And before you know it, you got those things that have clouded your mind and messed you up. And you're all twisted and entangled and all into that kind of stuff of deception. And if you get off in pornography and, and involved in all of that, first of all, it's not reality. It's not how things really are. Amen. And, and you get off in that, it's going to affect your relationships in the future. It's going to mess up your mind and scar you. You'd say you're trying to paint a bad picture. You're trying to, yeah, I'm trying to scare you because I don't want you to be destroyed. I want you to have a healthy marriage. I want you to be able to stand up and say, you know what? I kept myself pure from all of that. Come on, I'm in defense of innocency. I'm in defense of godliness. I'm in defense of righteousness. There's some young men and young women that need to realize there's some places I can't go if I'm going to be pleasing to God. That's a new sword. You better watch out for Ishbinam. This, 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 uh, you can be seated. This, this cell phone. It's a convenient tool, but it can be a horrible taskmaster. Yeah. I've been guilty as well as you. Never want, I mean, it's almost like you're on a leash. Where's that thing at? Thing buzzes. Who's that? Who's that calling? Amen. There's times I'd like to take that thing and throw it in the first body of water I come by. Because it's not a very good taskmaster. But then, you know, I wouldn't be able to do as efficiently the work of God. We'd have to go back to, I'm not proposing that we go back to rotary phones. You know, when I, when I first got, when I first remember phones and all of that, when I first started using the phone, I remember two-party lines. Well, that's taking you back now. Some of you remember when there wasn't a phone, but I mean, you know. I remember two-party line. I remember picking up the phone and saying, I can't make a call right now. When are they ever going to get off the phone, Mom? I want to call the boy down the street to see if he can play. By this time, I can walk down there. My God, when are they ever going to get off the phone? Yeah. Technology. That was an old sword. And I'm going to tell you, there's people found out ways to sin with a rotary phone. Boom, 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 boom. Did you hear? Boy, I'm going to tell you, some people's antennas go like on the back of a Cadillac. 
talking to me? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you was going to tell me something. Amen. Want, want the latest and the juiciest gossip. I'm going to tell you something. This new sword that we're dealing with, these things that we're dealing with, we better get a handle on this and realize that I've got to control it or it's going to control me. Amen. I've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, have I preached the life out of you already tonight? Oh, is there anybody that feels what I'm feeling? We need a next generation of giant killers. We need some young men and young women and young marriages and, and, uh, and people that, that still have strength. Don't, don't, don't wake up someday, you know, way down in years and saying, you know what, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have dedicated. I wish I'd have consecrated. I wish I'd have been a worshiper. I wish I'd have gotten more involved in church. I wish I'd have prayed more. I wish I'd have involved myself in the winning of souls more. Don't do that. Don't be looking back with regrets. But now, while you have the chance, while you have the opportunity, dedicate, consecrate, give yourself to God and the work of God and see how God will bless and see God take you places in life. He believes that God could take people places if they'll dedicate themselves. And then this next giant that he confronted or that confronted these men was Elhanan. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. A staff whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yeah. Can I tell you that the devil is weaving a web of decision? of deception to get this generation tangled up, confused and disoriented and basically to neutralize them. He wants to confuse them in every way possible. There's so much confusion when it comes to doctrine and what really is necessary. I'm going to tell you, when you're confused about something, that's not a time to start debating it. You better stay with what you have been taught and what you know. Amen. That's not a time for you to start questioning it and start trying to tinker with it when you're in a state of confusion. Amen. It's then that you need to rely upon the wise counsel of people that have come before you and generations and folks that have preached this and stood for this and you realize, hey, I may not be able to describe and I may not be able to articulate everything there is about the oneness of God, but it's been preached and, and there's been men of God that I trust and I've watched their life and i felt the anointing and the power of God. Amen. And so I'm just going to, to keep trusting the Lord and believing God and, and I'm believing he's going he's gonna to sure some things up in my heart and mind but I am not going to let somebody convince me of something that's wrong. Come on now. You may not know all the nuances and, and all the things that there is to know about certain aspects of the doctrine but you need to understand there's a reason why there's this anointing here. There's a reason why you can feel the power of God here. God's blessing this because this church believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the oneness of God, Jesus' name baptism, the necessity, I won't say that again, underscored and put in highlights, the necessity of the Holy Ghost. I don't believe you're saved just because you professed your belief in Christ. I don't believe you're saved just because you confessed your sins and signed a church membership. You need to go to the water and be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to receive this wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. My Bible said if a man doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If you're going to identify with this, you've got to have his Spirit. You've got to have the power of God on the inside. And I can't imagine anybody trying to live for God in this day and hour without having the power of the Holy Ghost. That's futile. You can't make it. The only way you can resist temptation, the only way you can stay ahead of the devil is to be full of the Holy Ghost. And some of us need to get filled up again. We need to be renewed again. We need to be refreshed in the Spirit of God again. Yeah, he's, he's trying to weave a web and get you to start thinking, young person, that your pastor or your parents or people that have been influenced in your life, maybe they don't know what they're talking about after all. 
I mean, I've been to over here, and this professor over here, they've been, they've been saying this, and they've been to all this school, and they, they know all of this stuff. Oh, bah humbug. I'm telling you, it didn't take just a little while for me to realize it didn't take much to be the sharpest man in the drawer when it came to the Bible. Praise God. Not in this generation, because most folks ain't been reading their Bible. And they try to pontificate a little bit, and, and you have to correct them, and you have to tell them, well, that's not really how it is. And, and I, I remember some young lady that's here tonight, and her and I was in a class, and I, I thought, you know, Norman, I may let this go, but since she's sitting here, I'm not going to let this go. And I raised my hand, and I said, no, that's not exactly how that says that. That's not exactly how it is. You better stick with history. You better stick with whatever you're teaching. But when you get off in this scripture now, that's my business. Hallelujah. And it is my business. And I hope you wouldn't want a pastor that doesn't know the book, that doesn't know the Word of God. Hallelujah. Don't let somebody back you in a corner. What we're preaching is right. Amen. I said what we're preaching is truth. And it's only the truth that'll set you free. It's only the truth that'll make you free. Oh, let's worship the Lord for the truth tonight. And then, and then there was this no-name giant. Didn't give it a name. And so when, when it's not given a name, I, I suppose that this could fit a lot of things. But it did say this in description. It said that it had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each feet. It was abnormal. Six Fingers, six appendages. That means it could have a pretty strong grip. Yeah. I'm going to preach to some younger person. And I, when I preach to this message, I'm not just excluding it down to just the young people that fit within the youth group. I'm talking about younger. Amen. I'm hoping I fit in that group. Younger. Praise God. There's... Don't let the devil get a stronghold on you. The Bible talks about strongholds. That's, that's the grip of Satan in somebody's life. And when it talked about those strongholds and the pulling down of strong, it related it to the mind. It was talking about the mind, talking about imaginations, ever evil imagination that exalteth itself above the throne of God. And so this is the area that the devil works in, is in the minds of people. And have we ever seen a generation? Have we ever seen so many manic depressives? Have we ever seen so many people that are spinning off in their minds? They don't have peace in their minds. Their minds are, are tormented. Have we ever seen so many angry minds? Have we ever seen a generation with so many... Uh, unstable people, mentally unstable people. I realize some of that is genetic, and I, I realize all of that. Some of them are born that way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that are tormented in their minds. Amen. And let's, let's, don't, let's don't confuse the two. Let's don't confuse a physical malady with a spiritual problem. Amen. Let's realize that sometimes we try to medicate a devil. Yeah, we try to calm down a devil. We try to counsel a devil. I'm going to tell you, the only way you can deal with a spirit of hell is to rebuke it and to cast it out. I didn't get many amens. Uh, amen. We're dealing with a lot of smart people here. I can see tonight. But I'm just, I'm just telling you, the Spirit of the Lord and the Holy Ghost, if you've got enough Holy Ghost, you can identify that thing. When it comes up against you, you can realize, hey, this is something that we've got to deal with in the Holy Ghost. We've got to deal with in the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost doesn't agree with that. Uh, amen. You're trying to go down a wrong track. You're trying to influence folks in a wrong way. That's a wrong spirit. That's a wrong attitude. I'm going to tell you this anger that's abounding in our world. That's not a God. That's not some genetic problem. I want to tell you that's straight out of the pits of hell. And somebody needs to realize we need some folks that will stand up and plead the blood of Jesus and say, Lord, we need deliverance in this hour. We need the power of God to come down and help us to bring peace. These situations. Praise God. Amen. 
That's right. You mess around with those things and they get a grip on you. They get a grip on you. You flirt around with certain things and it gets its tentacles on you. Flirt around and say, well, I'm just taking these, these here because I got, a little, I got a little pain in my back and I can't hardly make it without it. Until you got an addiction problem. Yeah. I, I wasn't able to get no, no pain pills, so I, I'm going to take a little sip of alcohol. You know, God would understand. Or I'm going to go out with my friends, and I'm going I'm to I'm test the waters here. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not saying anybody's doing that. I hope to God nobody isn't. But I, I'm just praying that we would realize that that's how the devil, he's using those devices to get you into the spirit of addiction. Until it has a hold on you. And you can do pretty good for a little while and then you fall off the cliff. Do pretty good for a little while. Oh, come on. I believe that when God delivers somebody, when God shakes somebody loose from this world, he's able through the blood, through the help, and through prayer and through staying consecrated before God, you don't have to go back. You don't have to go back and pick up the cigarettes. You don't have to go back and pick up the alcohol. You don't have to go back into that place of immorality. You don't have to go back. You've been delivered. You've been set free. There's a bloodline that is there. Amen. And the devil can't cross it anymore. Amen. Do we believe what the Bible says that he makes all things new? He puts it back. He repairs it like it never was. Come on, I believe that. I believe what the scripture says. That he's able to deliver and set free. He's able to make whole. Amen. You can throw that stuff away and not return to it. We keep dabbling in that stuff. It gets a hold on us. It's that it's that six appendage devil that gets a grip in our lives. But the thing we need to remember is verse 21 says in this chapter. It says that when they defied Israel, that there was a God in heaven that gave them the power to overcome. Hallelujah. We need to realize here tonight that there's a God in heaven that if you want to be delivered, if you want to be set free, if you want to live for God, if you want to be a young person or a young married couple or or maybe I'm preaching to the, everybody here tonight that you want to really be fervent for God and strong for God, I want to tell you God will empower you and he will help you through the power of his spirit. You can overcome. You can be stronger than that. You don't have to succumb to that. You don't have to sink back into that. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to be on that vicious cycle. Amen. But you can have that broken in your life tonight. You believe that? You believe what the book says? Uh, I believe that God wants to empower somebody to slay some giants in your life. I believe, matter of fact, tonight in this service, it's giant killing time for somebody. Somebody has been confronted by things and you're tired of it. You're tired of dealing with it. You're tired of that depression. You're tired you're tired of that spirit that's waged war against your mind. You're tired of the lack of peace. You're tired of the lack of spiritual satisfaction. You're tired of being bound up. You're tired of the chains rattling around you. Well, tonight in this house, you can have victory. Tonight, you can have overcoming power through the Holy Ghost. If you believe it, why don't you stand to your feet right now?